from today radio in the headquarters of uh, Let's Talk Sport, isn't it? In Kirschberg Studio 4. Can you hear me very well there? It's a bit quiet. It is a bit quiet. I think I might have to turn up the, the volume uh, there. How's there that? Is that a little bit better? Yeah, it was a little bit flat there. We couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear myself and I couldn't hear Anton Agassi. Agassi? Agassi? You prefer Agassi? Agassi. Yeah. Why do I say Agassi just because of the tennis player? I always said it I think wrong. so, yeah. But I've always called you uh, um, Anton Agassi, and it just reverts to the uh, infamous tennis player. Yeah, I got asked by the uh, the concierge downstairs as well. He said you related. So um, you yeah, say, it's glad, glad that people still still, still recognise the exactly. name. What did you say? Ampatipo? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said he's my brother. Yeah, <laughs> big shout out, big shout out. Well, the reason we could we can talk about Anto, um, the, the name Agassi is because we've been at the tennis this weekend. Um, big weekend, Scott, of big weekend. Scott and myself have been down at uh, at the, the fabulous venue de Kock um, in, in the plateau of Kirschberg, uh, doing the commentary for what was a well the second edition of the Luxembourg Ladies Tennis Masters, and it really was a uh, fantastic event hosted by the IWTP team. Now uh, Danielle Mars, she came into the studio with us last year, and unfortunately we couldn't get her in before the event this year, but. Um, Will certainly do so for the third edition, which they've uh, promised to host. They announced that at the uh, prize giving. Let's say the um, the winner there this afternoon picked up a cool fifty G. Fifty Gs, baby. Oh, no, it's all right, isn't it? But here's an interesting one. It was uh, uh, a really interesting one. Is that the runner-up received twenty thousand? That's a that's not bad. That, but that's, that's a, it's it's good, but it's a yeah. big difference. It's thirty K, right? Well, I mean, sometimes it's winner takes all, isn't it? Some of these events. Well, you're like a real knockout. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'd be happy with 20,000. Not bad. Yeah. It's not bad for a weekend's work. Yeah. So it was Contavit that uh, got the victory over um, uh, over Petkovic, actually. And Petkovic is actually from D- Germany, not far away from D- in Darmstadt. Um, yeah, well, so they were both being top 10 in the world uh, in the time, I think. But Petkovic, 10 years older. Than um, a Contavit. So Contavit's only 27. But to a Masters, for a Masters, I would normally. Yeah, it was like a. It's an invitational. Yeah, yeah. It was an invitational to those players that are sort of off the, you know, the the WTA circuit. So, um, but really fabulous. In fact, the the highlight in particular was was Mandy Manella, who who got knocked out uh, in the. Court semi-finals, but she beat last year's champion Kim Kleisters on 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 Thursday yeah, on big Thursday. Upset. Yeah, it was a it was an upset. I th- I I think, but um, boy, did she play well. I mean, yeah, certainly hometown favourite. It's all, all, always nice, but she played really well and stuck in there and gave it some uh, dog. Would you say? And it actually, 
to play. It was best of three, so first to uh, uh, yeah, first to win a, ga- um, a game if it went one set all, then you play the tie break up yeah. to 10, ten points. So she actually uh, won it in a in a tie break. But um, uh, yeah, Mandy got knocked out in the semi-finals um, to Petkovic, who was just a little bit too consistent for for Mandy. Mandy chased at the very end again, going into another t- tie break, but it wasn't to go in her favour this but time. The the weekend as a whole was a good fun. You and Scott commentating. Yeah, it was. An experience. Uh, well, it's, it's our second time that we've done it, so we've had just we've got a, a little bit of experience doing it. But no, it was it was uh, great fun. Had uh, Scott messaged me on WhatsApp, give me some good one-liners in while we're on, we're on there. That's right. What was the one that you put on? You put on. Oh, I, had, I sent him a couple. I think he, he weeded out the ones that were that weren't great. He's um, <laughs> he was something along the lines of um, someone call NASA because that shot was an absolute rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 good to have a few, those um, those one-liners. That is for sure. Listen, Anto- uh, Anton, it's. Brilliant. Brilliant to have you in the um, studio with me tonight. It's just the two of two of us. Boy, what a show we had on Wednesday! Yeah, it was now, good. Not on the, I really enjoyed it, it. Hopefully, it might be on the on, on the play platform for those that are listening at uh, on on if they're listening at ten o'clock on Monday morning. But um, that was due to myself. I'm sorry, Sam, if you're listening to this. I should have been a little more efficient in getting the um, the, the the picture. But what a, what an episode that was for me. That was up there with one of the best uh, shows. Uh, based on 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 the char- on the on the character that we had, yeah. Um, Manuel is going to be very difficult to pronounce his family name. Oh, I've I've given up. He's just Machado, Machado de Guido. <laughs> and but anyway, um, Manuel is was heavily involved with um, the local rugby here with the CSE, wasn't he? He's big um, or very well connected to the Portuguese Rugby Federation. Yeah. Has uh, just have to look at his LinkedIn profile. I mean, it was just massive. He's, he's done it all. Pre- but but in particularly more on the on the, well, it is all on the volunteering, wasn't it? Was volunteering yeah. in Olympics for being uh, being chaperone, um, helping out with. Um, with kids going away, I know that he helps. He helped you out as well, didn't he? And and when yeah, you were I junior. mean, I've I've known Mano since I was playing what like under thirteens, under fifteens rugby down at CSE, and um, he's just done an amazing job since then. Since since showing up in Luxembourg, I mean, like you said, he showed up and he 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 fancied volunteering because he loves the sport, and then he's just got into you know helping out a club and then national team and then with Portugal and everything he's just um yeah and as you described everything's just sort of flowed over like he he said that he was it he went to Sochi was it Sochi Olympics Sochi yeah yeah Sochi Olympics and 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 it was all one that led on to another yeah, wasn't well, that's it? the thing because you just he, rub shoulders with the right people and and you see them um, at these events and then you you go to an event and then you get invited to another event and then another event and then as soon as you build up a few of these things then people start looking for you and um yeah, he's he's done it all. A really, really good guest to have on. I thought. Yeah, it was very. Normally, the guests we would get on come from the actual sporting background of of the participation side of it. So to to have somebody, uh, let's say, on that volunteer that, but really got he's, he's done so many many things. I don't know how he got all the time off work to do it. <laughs> busy <laughs> man. He must be a busy man. Listen, tonight is show number one three nine. According to myself, I think Sam thinks it's one three eight. We're going to have to have a little meeting tomorrow afternoon. I think Scott thinks it's a 138 as well. Does he? It's already 2v1 there. 2v1, maybe I'm wrong. So I did my research on the number 139. Scott likes the angel numbers. We went went in on this. but um, And as I say, I say every every show, obviously 139 follows uh, 138 and proceeds um, uh, 140. But it's the 34th prime number. Were you good at maths? Uh, 
I was good up until the point where you had to really start working at home. And then so anything sort of you can do on the spot kind of stuff I was better at. But as soon as you had to start putting a lot of work in, I sort of dropped off okay. significantly. So so 139 is the 34th prime number that we have, but it's also a twin prime. And a twin prime is only when, when it, if there's a prime number two above and two below. Oh, really? So it's only, I don't know exactly how many twin primes there are, but I know that. There we go. 139. If it's, if it's show 139 is a twin number. But here's another interesting fact about number 139, which could be this show tonight on Sunday evening, but it could be also Sunday. <laughs> Next <laughs> Wednesday. It could be Wednesday, is, it could be Wednesday right? But the number is the sum of five consecutive prime numbers. So we have 19 plus 23 is... Oh, now I'm on the spot. 42. 42, right? Plus 29 is 71. Yeah. Plus 31. 102. 102. Right, Anton, the big one means plus 37. It's got to be 139. There we go. Well done, sir. Well done. You, you did do I'm your math. I'm proud of myself. You did do I'm your proud of myself. <laughs> you listening, Mum? I can do math. Yeah, he's done, he's done us very, very proud. Okay, what is on the um, the menu today? We're, we're going to talk. Um, go through some local news that I wanted to bring onto the show on, on Wednesday that I wasn't able to get through because Manuel was just so darn interesting. It was a really good, really good show. But I wanted to go through some local news. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, Bobby Charlton, who sadly passed away. Yeah. Now, we were only talking well, yeah, about We were literally him. talking about it, it on Wednesday. His, it was his birthday. It was his birthday on Wednesday. Exactly. So um, very unfortunate. Now, I'm going to try and bring Johnny Williams up, who, again, was my correspondent, um, Sam, if you're listening to this, uh, I did try and bring it up a bit earlier, but I didn't get a bite um, how you show me to work it. So I might be back in uh, tomorrow morning for him to uh, show me how it works again, because right now I'm following what you said, mate, and it didn't <laughs> it didn't bite. But I'll try and get uh, Johnny Williams off. If I don't, that's okay, because we're going to talk the Rugby World Cup roundup. We have just had the semi-finals played on Friday night and played uh, last Saturday. night, Saturday evening. So there's plenty to talk about with the Rugby World Cup, of course. We can have a little um, a look at the um, ICC uh, 50 over as well, isn't it? Being played in India at the moment. I think it, uh, New Zealand are playing India right now. In did, fact. did England also lose to South Africa in that as well? Did they? I think that's what I'm hearing on Instagram. Ooh. I don't follow it, but I, I think um, I've been hearing that we've lost to them twice this weekend. And another uh, topic we're going to talk about, we talked about um, athletes that have played two sports for one nation. Yeah, and something buzzed into my feed um, this morning, and it's a, a, an athlete called Rudy van Vuren. Uh, I think you say he's a he's a Namibian who's played uh, t- two sports, but actually two World Cups. Already, yes, I, th- I believe it's cricket and rugby. But we'll uh, um, we'll go and instigate uh, that story. Um, of course, we've got sport in the history of the world today. I'm going to throw that in a little bit later on into in, in tonight's segment. And of course, at 7:45, Anti Perez will join us, and he will give us an update on what's been happening in the local football world. And not only that, we can also test some of his knowledge if there is anything else going on in uh, the international scene as well so let's take a little buzz here and we'll get down to speaking talking about local sport Now, there's just something about Australian commentary that just warms my jacockles. 
Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? They just, they just give it, they just give it full gusto. They don't give they? it full large. It's one of the, it's, it's one of the best for me. I absolutely love it. Listen, we're, let's go to the local sport. We're going to go into fencing because Flavio Giannotti, who's been a guest of ours a couple of times, become a, become a good friend of ours. He is, um, and is, he's always seeking new ways to up his his game in the fencing world. And I mean, he even practices fencing at home in his garden with a homemade sword arm. That's cool. Like, that cool. Little, I mean, we'll play with our brothers a game of swords, but yeah. that's pretty cool. You haven't got a brother, you can play swords in his garden. <laughs> but always looking to imp- imp- improvise. Now, um, he, he was just saying how uh, the, the fencing it just demands creativity and initiative, um, and then due to the limited facilities and, and obviously competition he's, he's got here. So he's always like pushing himself now. Um, he collaborates with the French... Uh, and the um, the club in Ash, and he he trains once a week in both locations. And he was um, and very often because he's a school teacher. I'm not sure. I think it's in Diffidange. He's a, um, or, or Dulange. He's a school teacher down there. So very difficult for him to get obviously training time yeah. because of his job as well. But he um, he's his family are from uh, Turin. So when he goes down there, the Italians obviously notoriously known to be good fencers. He gets in the mix and um, obviously goes and trains with them. Now he's aiming for a, um, a spot in the Paris Olympics, but in order to do so, he's got to compete in, in many tournaments to earn those qualification points. Now, he finished 16th at the last World Junior, uh, World Championships, which is obviously going to boost his confidence a, a, a heck of a lot. Um, yeah, and as he's noted, just he's just said, look, balancing this career as a sports teacher and a competitive athlete, man, it's challenging, eh? Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're doing both, you know, you've got to find the time. And if you're competing at that high of a level as well, it's... Um it's definitely some sacrifices, but obviously, if you're if you're willing to do it, then you know, fair play. Yeah, and then and then on top of that, I mean, naturally on top of that, to get the, all the the long travel demand, yeah, that he's got makes it uh, it makes it interesting. What were some of the other topics we've got there? So we've got some handball as well. Uh, last Sunday, both Luxembourg teams uh, lost their return matches. Diffidange Red Boys uh, aimed to recover from a 30-34 to 34 defeat to Iceland's... Now, forgive me for the pronunciation. Oh, you've got some... Vestmania. I've killed that. Uh, on Saturday, uh, despite an even start, the, the Icelandic team pulled ahead, uh, leading 21-14 to 14 at half-time. The Red Boys made a comeback, however, but fell just short, losing 34-35 in a close match. Um, yeah, unfortunate. Um, uh, Baptiste Audifred, uh was the top scorer for the Red Boys with eight goals um, in that match. Also, uh, Esch faced pressure after a narrow 30-31 to 31 defeat against uh, VIF from the Faroe Islands. Uh, Esch's uh, efforts couldn't turn the tide, losing the return match 28-30, uh, ending the, the EHF campaign for both Diffidange and Esch, unfortunately. Still um, uh, impressive for the guys and wonderful experience to get out and play yeah. with, the, uh, with, with, the, with the big boys. In fact, the, the um, crew that we were speaking with, uh, that were doing the, the, the filming of, um, or the production of the tennis this weekend, they were actually telling us that they were there for the Luxembourg Sweden game at the down at the cock a few weeks back. Oh, yeah. So hopefully we can uh, get on board and get down there to uh, do some commentary with them because uh, I, I'm 
Don't know a lot about handball, but certainly when you're commentating, you, you learn real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you learn real quick. But, of course, we do a little bit of research to find out um, who's the who's the hot property within the, in, in, in the teams and get the basis, and we get sometimes get an expert on with us as well to show us the rope. But it will be good if we could get some uh, get some handball um, in, uh, in us, that's for sure. Um, I'm just going to push on to the football because we know that Luxembourg lost to Slovakia and I'm sure that will be reiterated later on yeah. in the show. They lost 1-0 um, and Holt came under a little bit of, I wouldn't say pressure, but a few questions of, you know, why why did he make the late changes? And he got back and he basically said that if the team had, or if we had had more offensive opportunities, more chance to attack, he probably would have changed. But he said because... Um, but, but because we had offensive players to, to put on, but we did, we're lacking in the defensive um, area. And he said, and so for that reason, because of that, he didn't make any changes. So he was under uh, a, a bit of pressure, but he said he, we, we, do, we just didn't have the options at the back. Staying on to football, it was actually the um, under-21s. They lost to Azerbaijan um, on Tuesday in a European uh, qualification, and it was in the, the 10th minute where they could have taken the lead through uh, Fabio uh, Sequeira Martins, but the Fowler player he missed his penalty, unfortunately. It's always um, a tough one, missing yeah, a penalty in the tenth minute as well. Right? Yeah, I mean, that that sets you up pretty pretty nicely uh, in the game in if the you game. get an early goal like that. Yeah, massively. However, in the forty-first minute, it was Azerbaijan who was awarded a penalty, and unfortunately, they did a little bit better than Luxembourg, and they were able to bring the Azerbaijan colours into the lead. Do we know what colours Azerbaijan play in? Oh, that might be a quick Google for you. Is that? Yeah, Azerbaijan. What colour? I'm going to say red and black. That'll be my what colour is Azerbaijan football colours football, but um, yeah. So, but but fortunately, we got a good reaction from the from the young Luxembourgish side because they came uh, they came back and they got even before the before the break with um, Ryan Baberi equalising. Um, in the second half, go on. You got a colour for me? So the home colours are all red kit, red shorts, red shirt, and I think the uh, away game is blue shirt. So uh, and red shorts. Similar to Luxembourg, perhaps. Perhaps yeah. we paid in the green socks, green socks, red socks for the the home games. It's just full red with the logo, and for the away games, it's green socks, red shorts, blue shirt. Interesting. There it's like go. darker blue than the Luxembourg blue. Okay, well that gives us a, a better perception yeah. of the Aze- uh, the Azerbaijan <laughs> football side. Um, uh, coming back with this, so yeah, as I said, he, in the forty-first minute we um, awarded a penalty. We got one just before the half. In the second half, um, Leon Elshin, he scored for Luxembourg. He scored a, a second goal for, to put us up two-one. Um, but then, unfortunately, a little bit of a cold shower came because uh, an own goal uh, from Johan Torres in the 88th minute, and then in the 91st minute, uh, yeah, another one came uh, into the back of the net, which unfortunately was uh, a 3 2 loss. After the office. Yeah, but after the opening uh, victories in September against Northern Ireland, uh, the, we call it the Young Red Lions, I guess you could call it that, we have had to endure three bitter defeats against England. Ukraine and obviously on Tuesday Azerbaijan still must be good good fun for the um, the, the under 21s to play teams like um, England Ukraine and stuff like that it's a great experience Certainly, for them yeah I mean massive yeah um, um, in fact it was in the under 17s 
Luxembourg beat England a few, but not, not single, in the last not in the last two years. So, um, but yeah, obviously we we want our national team to do well. We got we're only going to get our, our national team players are only going to come from the under twenty ones. Yep. So um, obviously the pressure is still on um, for them to uh, obviously gain that experience, you could say, but also uh, to perform as well. Um, Another point in sport uh, regarding the universities of the US, they are, I wouldn't say heavily, but they're certainly considering Luxembourgish athletes because did you know that there are 10 sportsmen and women from the Grand Duché that are currently on a sports scholarship in, in America? That is, yeah, that's um, very, very impressive. Good, uh, good for them. Um, We've had a few on here before, actually. I think... Um, uh, RTL actually spoke with uh, three of these uh, three of these af- athletes on on basically their their experiences and expectations. Um, uh, we've got some here. So there was uh, Anne uh, uh, Simon, uh, twenty three years old, and her fifth year studying psychology at the University of Mine. She was offered a sports scholarship by several universities and opted uh, for this in the state of Mine. Uh, here she plays in the Black Bears Mine basketball team. Yeah, um, it's it's impressive, and I think there was also another player that's just gone recently to play volleyball. Emma Van Island, yeah, yeah, nineteen year old, nineteen year old. Yeah, uh, she's playing volleyball since she was eleven years old, uh, and at the age of fifteen, she played for the women's national team for the first time. Very impressive. Um, this year, she signed a contract with the uh, Coastal Carolina University in the state of South Carolina. Um, where she'd be, she'll be studying psychology there as well. Yeah. Um, very, very good opportunities for, oh, for to come from Luxembourg as well. You probably they they, they don't get um, the exposure potentially to go and, and get these scholarships in America. So it's um, a massive. I mean, you went to you were in Wales, weren't you in Cardiff? Yeah. Cardiff, yeah, yeah, uh, Swansea, Swansea, yeah, right. You oh. get a, you get a, you get a scholarship to Swansea, or you get a, a scholarship to do the NCAA's in <laughs> in Ohio. Where are you going? Uh, easy decision. Yeah, easy decision. <laughs> Is there anything better than the America going to university in America? No, nah, I mean I've. They've, I've all you got to do is, in particular, yeah, to play sport. For, for, right. for sport, yeah. I mean, I mean, America sort of got leads the way with um, with college sports, university sports, and stuff like that. I mean, um, I know a friend of mine, um, Christian Olsen. He went uh, on a scholarship out to America. You know, like I say, even this was you know a few years ago, so it was even more rare uh, than it is now. And uh, he went out there on a rugby scholarship, um, and he had. An absolute ball of a time. He said it was the you know best couple of years of his life. Really good level of rugby. Amazing experience. Um, he had a. He, he never stops talking about it. He uh, he really enjoyed himself out there, and he got. He was a much better player when he came back as well. I I can understand that for sure. Actually, um, Charles Charles Griffin, who has been on the show with us before. Um, yeah, he was. He, he was at the World Junior Championships in Canada 2010. Came 17th place in the over in the 800 meters, um, and it was then that the American University approached him at the age of 17, and he made an offer for or his scholarship was at the in Texas. Um, yeah, at the University of Georgia, and which I think did studied finance there, and then with all that experience that he had, the facilities he had, the tr- the, the, the the training opportunities he had, and then yeah, lo and behold, it was what in, in Tokyo when he was on the um when he was yeah. in, in the final, certainly um 
a big day for Luxembourg Sport, that one. I just want to uh, touch on one other event that's uh, gone on, is the Cyclocross. I have no idea what that is. So it's it's basically, so you're on these, um, on mountain bikes, you've got like like a circuit. And you go around in the in the in the mud and down. Oh right, yeah. It is hard yakka, man. Like really, really hard yakka. Uh, we had TJ Heenan in here. Oh, I can't remember what number of the show it was, but phenomenal athlete. And also, not only that, he brought in his um, uh, his little man that fixes his bike because you know if things got to be in, oh, yeah. in shape. So if anything happens, he can just you know get a get a new bike out to him. But um, last week. Uh, there was a race in Kiel, and a part of the Skoda Cross Cup, they call it, and it was Ken Conta who was racing for the Snooze uh, VSD team. He won ahead of uh, Noah Burton. And in the women's ca- uh, category, it was Maita Bartels. There's actually 36 races that started the race. Obviously, it just goes you know up and down yeah. through forests. It's pretty heavy going. Um, unfortunately, Loic Bettendorf, he uh, who was previous race winner, he um, couldn't race. I'm not not 100 certain why, but obviously that just made it a little bit more in, um, in intriguing. Uh, but, but coming back to Ken, he actually gained the lead in lap one, and then he just he created a almost like a 30 second gap from him in the competition. Yeah. So went on to uh, comfortably win uh, the the laps needed. Um, Noah Burton, as he scored. Well, he got second place, and Enzo uh, Chopino finished third. But coming back to Mata uh, Bartels, who triumphed in the women's category, she actually beat her sister, um, Layla, and uh, another athlete. So all, awkward dinner. <laughs> awkward Christmas <laughs> dinner after that. Yep. Now, I believe I believe that it's actually today that there is a race in Mondorf, so we're trying to get that on, um, on the Wednesday uh, show. Whilst we're down in this part of the news, we said it earlier, um, unfortunate um, unfortunate news when it comes to the world of football. Yeah. Um, so Bobby Charlton passing away uh, this week. Um, so ironic after we just yeah. gave him a big shout-out. I mean, if anything... We did, was, a happy, we did a big we happy did, we, birthday. We wished him happy birthday, so that was that was nice. But um, yeah, is. um it is a sad day. I mean, like I said on the show, when 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 I think of Sir Bobby Charlton's Man U legend, the England legend, World Cup winner, um, Ballon d'Or winner, I think he he had Huge. he had some uh, unbelievable records, goal scoring records for England, which I think uh, he hasn't got any more. But we've got it. We 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 made a few notes here, didn't we? And I th- I think we we made about ten fifteen notes uh, together about some of the. Uh, some of the the prowesses of uh, Sir Bobby, which I would, I'd like to go through with you, he's considered one of the greatest footballing players in English history. He was known for his attacking midfield and forward play, and would obviously score goals. Well, yeah, long that's range. the thing. As a, as a midfielder, getting yeah. goal scoring records is already very impressive. Yeah. Now, actually, he he joined. We began his professional career at Man- in Manchester United, and he uh, joined the club's youth system when he was only fifteen years of years of age. And he made his debut for United in fifty six at the age of eighteen. Now, he actually played the crucial role in helping United win the. Um, English Football League First Division in 56 yeah. that with the Busby Babes exactly he was part of that I think he was the youngest in the squad as yeah, well yeah I mean and there, was a, there was a heap of young talented players in that time um, and then in 1958 when the tragedy struck when eight uh, United players including including Charlton's teammates and close friend Duncan Edwards they died in the Munich um, air disaster um, despite suffering in Injuries himself and the, and the crash himself, he um, he somehow he made a remarkable recovery and returned to 
play the following season in which he scored a, a goals in the in the European Cup in 68 including two goals in the final against um, Benfica so he really was a um, a bit of a legend as no, well he re- was only six years between the crash in 58 and um, sorry eight years between the crash in 58 and the, the World Cup win as well I mean in 60 66, 66 ex- yeah. exactly so he was he was part of that team um, he actually earned 106 caps and scored 49 goals for oh, the, for, I mean, um, it's like I say, for a, what do they call them? The, 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 I was thinking the red line, the, the um, red lines, but what do they call the the lines? What do they call um, the three lines? Three lines, three lines, because there's three lines on their shirt. Three lines on a shirt. Yeah, man, it's coming they? home. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just qualified for the Euros, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, England have they? 2024 in Germany. Oh, good, good on them. Good Beat, on them. Uh, Italy. Beat Italy. Yeah. Staying on Bobby Charlton, there's also a statue at Old Trafford. The home of uh, the home of Manchester, rightly so. Uh, yeah, exactly. And throughout his career and beyond, you know, Bobby Charlton. It's fair to say that he was known for his humility and, and sportsmanship and love. And his game. great hair, his unbelievable. Well, we talked great about hair. that on Wednesday, didn't we? The the, the, the comb over, the comb over. Yeah, exactly. Um, he also. Uh, I, I was reading as well in sort of later life. He he um, he played a big part in uh, some of the bids for um the olympic games um and uh world cups in england as well he played a, a fairly big role in that for the obviously the london 2012 olympics um so uh he didn't he didn't just you know finish with football and then put put your feet up and relax he, he still continued on doing some great work and well i mean he got he got knighted by Queen Elizabeth as well in in ninety four as well. So one of those athletes, you'd say, deservedly so. I I must yeah. admit, I'm not um, not a, a big fan, but there's a lot of these athletes kind of getting knighted, and I just wonder yeah. why. They're, and they're, of course, being knighted is a service to your sport, service to your community. But some of them it can be a little bit quite hard to judge. Where do you stand on players if they win a World Cup in their sport? Is it automatic knighthood or is it not worth it? Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, if there was an exception, for me, it's beyond just winning it. Just because you yeah. win a World Cup, you shouldn't be. Yeah. You shouldn't be knighted. When an Ashes in terms of cricket, what if it's the knighted. team captain and team coach? I mean, it, uh, I believe you could, you could be knighted kind of right at the at the end of your career. Yeah. See that for me, that would be better. It would make more sense than is David Beckham. He, I don't think he's knighted. No, he's he? got some sort of OBE or MBE or whatever MBE. it is. Um, but I wouldn't. I mean, he, he whilst he's a personality, he's you know you got to look at the in regards OBE, to football. Yeah, and, he, and don't get me wrong, he's done a, a phenomenal amount for football, but he's also done it. Yeah, yeah nah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, but nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> While we're staying on 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 football, we're going to put uh, I'm going to put on something here that's a little bit of a, a beauty from uh, one of the Luxembourg players here. Towards De Ville and Rodriguez, so Shea came between them, but here's Rodriguez hits it early. Oh no! The gloom really does deepen for Arda now. In space, no one closes him down. He takes the snapshot, he takes it early, and he fires it home into the corner. Let's talk sport on RTL Today Radio. And while we're at it, um, with uh, we've done the football, let's get into the Rugby World Cup and the Cricket World Cup, where, well, both of which are going on right now. But something um, struck me in the, in the news today, and I don't know where it came from, and it reiterated what we were saying the other week. And we're looking for what athletes have played 
two sports for their nation. And uh, this um, article uh, was about Rudy Van Veren, who's the only man to have played in both a Rugby World Cup and a Cricket World Cup. But Very I'm going impressive. to... Whilst I, in fact, whilst I give a little bit of info about this, can you look up Jeffrey Wilson, Jeff Wilson, J-E-F-F Wilson? Because I've got a funny feeling he may have also, he may not be the only man that have played a cricket and Rugby World Cup. But anyway, it was in 2003 that Van Veren, he played for Namibia in the Cricket World Cup and famously faced the Pakistani fast bowler, Shoaib Akhtar. I don't know if many of you have seen that, but this guy was really quick at uh, bowling at cricket. Now, despite the odds being against him, Van Veren showed he had a lot of resilience and he scored 14 runs from 19 balls in that um, in, the, in that day. Played against some of the world's best cricketers, in, including Tindalka, James and uh, Jimmy Anderson, um, despite actually being a uh, amateur athlete. And he's a qualified physician, and he had to obviously balance his uh, medical career with a sporting career, which is. Uh, yeah, again, ph- phenomenal. He regularly switched between playing cr- rugby and cricket. I guess that's uh, winter and summer sports. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of the the rugby guys they seem to do it in their free time. They love cricket. I don't know about a lot of the teams, but at least the England boys they love cricket very much. So, we, and if I look at at the All Blacks, we've got the Barrett yeah. brothers love uh, cricket. In yeah. fact, Geordie Barrett's a very good uh, cricket. Oh yeah, I've seen in fact, him. very good golf player as well. Yeah. I think he's a I think he's a scratch uh, scratch golfer. Um, but yeah, Van Veren's achievement in playing both World Cups came to his attention through a bit of a, a journalist inquiry, actually. Um, he missed the 99 World Cup due to a dispute with Namibia's coach, so that was a bit unfortunate. But in 2003, the dream was dashed uh, by an, um, his World Cup dream was dashed by an injury, and he actually had to watch from the sidelines as Namibia suffered heavy defeats. Now he's since actually become the president of Cricket Namibia and he's played a significant role in developing the cricket country which is actually hosting the 2027 Cricket World Cup with South Africa and with um, and and with Zimbabwe as well. Just on uh, Jeff Wilson you are completely correct. A New Zealand sportsman who represented his country in both rugby union and cricket a so-called double all black. Uh, He also was a basketballer when he was younger and won the national secondary school title uh, and a, also did track athlete. and field. Yeah, no, he was a, phenom- a phenomenal athlete, yeah. Jeff Wilson, really was. Now he's um, commentating for Sky Sports. But I'm, I'm just wondering, did he, was it World, did he, does it say anything about World Cups? Because I'm adamant he played a game at Eden Park, which was a World Cup. Perhaps it was just a, te- a, a test series, where it used to be known as, it's not the Benson and Hedges series. I'll be, I'll, I'll be um, showing my age if I say that. But because that, that, this sure one, he, this um, one is this one's World Cup, and he says the only athlete to 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 do so, and and I would just and I would just question to Jeffrey Wilson. I did don't know play? if he went to a World Cup. No, it would, it would, I mean, I'm 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 sure if he did, then he might be right, but um, I'm not sure. Um, Anton, what about um, rugby World Cup? I mean. As an England fan, I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we had we had two uh, we had two cracking games this weekend. Two very different games. Um, uh, firstly, we had you, the, you watched the, well, you watched both games. Yeah, I did. Where I, did you? Where did? You, where's your preference to watch it? Do you prefer watching it from well, a, from a bar or a pub in town, so, or with some mates, or do you prefer sitting not at home and on, on the couch? If England's not involved, I'd love going 
to watch it at friends or the pub or or whatever you know because i can relax i can you know have a few drinks i've got no no horse in, in in the race or whatever and um i can just enjoy it so i actually did i went to um shamrock um across the road from the philharmonic the bar yep. there, mm, with big, some yeah. friends i watched the argentina good place is it a good place to watch rugby um or sport they've got they've got a good few tvs in there yeah it gets full fairly i mean it was a friday evening and it's sort of you know where a lot of people are working and stuff so it filled up fairly quickly but we managed to get a table not reserved and, and we had the, the game on so i mean can't complain with, with sound up um, sound was up or was i think there was sound yeah i think it was and they've got this thing they've also got pool table in there and darts and it's a nice it's a nice place there um but yeah, so um, I watched the the Argentina All Blacks game, and uh, I mean, everyone said going into this game, Argentina were gonna have to put in a big shift to to compete. And for me, before the game, I thought it was gonna is the first ten minutes would tell you how that game's gonna go. Now, if Argentina come out and they 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 dominate they really they really hard, up they? for it you know they they get early points they they score a try or you know they they basically make it an arm wrestle right for the 80 minutes similar to what England and South Africa game if they make it an arm wrestle and they don't let New Zealand get points early cuz that's basically what happened New Zealand they 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 came out and and they got a couple tries in the first 20 minutes and when you get give the All Blacks a, a fourteen point lead, or I think it was an eleven point lead, they can they can they just get a bit more um, expansive. They can play without having to worry as much. And you see the way they play normally when they have a ten point advantage, they're throwing offloads left, right, and centre. They're yep. they're running double skip passes. They they're just it's such got to be a bit, uh, bit more confident. Yeah, that's it. And 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 at that point, there's no going back. Once they're starting to play like that. Um, the only thing that would have saved the Argentinians if there was torrential rain. I think that was the only thing that would have. Well, there, there was a lot. There was a bit of rain beforehand. The ball was greasy. Yeah. I was quite impressed with the way New Zealand held yeah. held on to the ball at that intense. You know, the, at that um, that speed. Yeah. Um, but I, the only my only worry being a New Zealander or uh, Kiwi, whatever you like to uh, call uh, call me, uh, was that we might have a mental hangover. Because we were wrapped with beating Ireland in the quarterfinals, absolutely over the yeah. uh, over the moon. And we saw all the social media um, images that come out. I've, I mean, Kiwis are a bit of a, you know, we like to watch a game and we we stand pretty yeah. neutral, let's say, and don't we don't say a lot, we don't we don't chair, we don't we we yeah. we're very quiet in that regard. Yeah, the, the best you get might be a, an all black chant, but I mean, you know, there's nothing creative there. But speak just because we're actually watching really deep into the game. But um I lost my train of I've lost my train of thought there. But uh, the the only thing that I was a little bit worried was that we were going to be have a mental hangover. Yeah. Just because we were really proud of the way that we that we beat a very, very, very good Ireland side. You could argue that it was semi final, if not fi- it was final worthy. And uh, I just felt hope we didn't have a mental hangover um, of that like we had in the two thousand and nineteen World Cup where we'd beaten Ireland in the quarters but actually got yeah. pumped by by England in the in, in the semis. So what? that was my only concern. Other than that I had uh, I was I was confident that we'd be able to deliver the ball and and, and deliver a good a good performance. It was yeah. It was definitely like I mean, a lot of people wrote off Argentina in the week and said, "Oh, it's the All Blacks. They they can beat Argentina all the time." But like you say, they had just played a very attritional game against Ireland, and it was a banana peel. It could have been, you know, 
uh, an opportunity for the All Blacks to come and 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 slip up and and, and make mistakes and and not play to their potential. And if Argentina were really up for it, we've seen Argentina in the past do it to the to the All Blacks. If they're up for it and they really want it, they can really put in a in a good performance. So it was good to see from a from a All Black perspective that it was just another job. You know, they showed up at the weekend. They played um, regardless of who was in front of them. They put their from 1 to 23, they played phenomenally and it didn't matter. They were 10, 20 points up. They just kept going. Didn't take the foot off off the gas. They they just put in a full 80-minute performance and it sets them up really well um, for, for for the final um, next week. Um, I'm... I'm they're looking very hard to beat is all I'll say. Um, yeah. And also we've got Will Jordan who is a freak... He's, he's a freak got, of nature. He's thir- 31 tries in 30 games. What's interesting about Will Jordan is actually he wasn't playing that well. This year he's been playing, uh, let's say, because he came off a bat, bat, uh, an injury and we thought he was going to find his form, find his form, and he wasn't playing that well against um, even South Africa and France. He wasn't really anywhere, but they stuck yeah. They stuck with him throughout the um, throughout the, the, the lesser pool games. And I think now he has, he certainly hit his, hit his forms yeah, and in, in these in these last two games, he's on nine to eight tries, isn't he? Yeah. Which is the record for a rugby so, world so cup. So he's already tied with the likes of Jonah Lomu, uh, Julian the Bus, Severe, yeah. uh, Brian Habana. They've they've all got eight tries. I'm sure there's there's a few more that I'm forgetting, but so he he only needs um he only needs one more try to to surpass S- and to take the record to take the record. Yeah, he's an absolutely um, class player. That is uh, for sure. What about the second semi final last yeah, night? So um, we. So you're at home, I'm guessing. You're pretty well, comfortable. So I would have liked to be at home in the, the comfort of my house, away from any South African fans. Or what? Well, to be fair, anyone, if you're an England fan, you know that anyone that's not English is going to be going against you. So I'm usually hidden away at home, um, just sort of shouting into my pillow if England are doing what they normally do. But it actually went, I was, um, I went over to a friend's house. There was a one of my mates who's South African, he was supporting them, and another mate who's Italian who was supporting South Africa as well. Um, but they were fairly nice to me um, because they were fairly quiet for, for most of the game. Because Oh, well, you, 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 had the, you had the upper hand. Farrell so played very, very well. Did, I think that the, 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 the thing I was just impressed about is that I was sceptical, I'll be honest, as an England fan, I was sceptical about the team selected... Um, and well, not necessarily the, the game plan that England had been using throughout the World Cup. I was very skeptical about, and then I saw the team selected, and it was very clear. If you've been watching England in the World Cup, you can see what the game plan was with the types of wingers we picked, with the types of forwards we picked. It was going to be we're going to kick off nine all day. We're going to kick off ten. We're not going to play any ball in our half. Our wingers are going to be chasing high balls all game. Our fullback is going to do nothing but catch high balls all game, right? Now, as a South African, I must be thinking, I would be thinking, this is obvious. You see that lineup, you see how England played in the World Cup, you you would be able to predict that fit. In fact, it was what South Africa did in 2019 for 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 a good part, very, very much, so. and and they were very good at it. Mm. And they had um, players like Mapimpi who would just run for days. They would they would clean up any scraps. They would go for every high ball, anything. So they would they they almost came up with sort of this this strategy so I would have thought as the likes of Rassi and and that and the coaching staff would have you know preempted this strategy coming from England they just didn't handle it well at all no they didn't, it, it, they didn't. It, I mean it, it was a, it's a, bit it's a negative way of playing game, but, he? He said, it, but the thing is for me England they've not had um, 
uh, Steve Borthwick going for very long, so they've not been able to to really develop their attack that much. You look at Wales, also new coach, their attack isn't amazing. What kept them in the, the World Cup so long was their defence was the best in the tournament up until they got knocked out. But the, the attack, it takes a bit more time to build. So England knew that. So we said, OK, we can defend well enough. We've got wingers that can chase. We've got kickers that can kick. And that's what we'll do. And that's what will hopefully keep us in the game and create that sort of arm wrestle type of game. It's negative rugby, but it's what England had to do to to stay yeah, in it. You got you, and you got to look at the team you've got at the at, at the time and play yeah. to the best of that. They did it very well against Argentina, yeah. and they 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 almost yeah suck it in. But obviously, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be in the end. I, I, there was two two key uh, well a couple of key takeaways quickly that I um I thought it was that um, Rassi picked the wrong team to start and most coaches would have kept those players on until the the schedule sort of 50 minute mark and then changed Fluff to Kirk you'd say well, or? Well, uh, Faf Pollard um, and Vili Leroux all on yes. the bench right he you know he uh, basically uh, owned it Rassi and he said essentially he didn't say it but you can tell when you take off Manny Lubok 30 minutes in and bring Pollard on he, he sort of admitting that he's picked the wrong player to start because I don't think those players did anything necessarily wrong. It was just the wrong for that game plan, right? Um, Pollard for the 15-16 kind of game is the guy you want on the pitch. Yeah, Faf sure. de Klerk is the guy you want on the pitch. Willemser was having a nightmare because he wasn't he? He's he's a he's a fullback, but he's only you know he's he doesn't play all his rugby at fullback. So someone like Vili Leroux, who's got bags of experience at fullback, is the player you want on when England are peppering balls in it all. So for me, Rassi identifying that I think England beat most teams because I think most teams don't change those players 30 minutes in yeah, yeah no that's very, what I very think much. Right, we're looking forward to the final which will be held on Saturday at uh, Stade de France yep. uh, 7pm kickoff, I believe let's talk sport will be in and around the game around the time yep. so we will uh, try and get a few shots we maybe try and even get an interview or two with a few fans uh, 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 around and we'll see how far our ticket can uh, <laughs> can take us let's see if we can get into the game or not we will uh, we, we have to wait and see now joining us in the studio this evening welcome aboard always one of my favourite times of the week when Anthony, uh, Anthony Perez from Let's Force News walks into the studio welcome my friend how are you what is what has been going on in the world of football locally and international thanks for the for the kind words <laughs> also my favorite time of the week coming here talk about football and let's start with some complaining about Luxembourg against Slova- Slovakia I don't know what I don't know where should I start because I don't I'm gonna can I ask a question straight away Tell me. Um, and it was what we were talking about it earlier earlier in the show Luke Holt and uh, he made about the late changes he made. Why was he not making them? Uh, he said in the interview that he'd had, he hadn't like good enough That's right, offensive players space. to to come in. But you know, I'm I'm not the trainer myself, so maybe he has his reasons. He's 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 criticized for this. Maybe people are right to criticize. Maybe he should have brought just fresh players not only see the quality but also how in shape are the players after playing 70 80 intense minutes but you know myself i'm not a trainer so i'm i can't judge his decisions yeah you know i i could give an opinion and i'm gonna be on the same side as the people who complain about this but you know 
if you look maybe deeper into it, maybe you're going to understand his choices. But so, well, he, he certainly knows what he's doing. He's done a fabulous job with our national team. Exactly. Let's, let, let's face it; wouldn't certainly not the result we went, mm-hmm. uh, what we wanted with Slovakia. It's not. It's not even we played bad. We played a very good game. We had a lot of chances, especially in the first half. Uh, we even got a penalty awarded, which was uh, later taken back by the VAR. Was this possible penalty? Some people told me it was one. Others, you could give it, or you. But if you don't give it, it's not the shame, you know. But it's not only the penalty. We had plenty of chances. What about there was that? There was that one piece you because you were at the game and you got you put a, a, a piece on now um, on our Instagram. There was the fabulous opportunity, and they they I think the curve just missed the top. Ah, the top yeah, line. in the end, the way that they played that, the way they got. I mean, they're almost playing tech is the speed. The that action, was crazy. That was, that was you know messy. That was world class. How yeah, they, yeah. It was unfortunate it didn't go in. If that went in, we would see that over and over yeah. and over again. It was that. It was a shame to keep it. Just went over the top of the bar. Then, or did, did the keeper get a tip to it? Did, did the keeper get a touch? Kind of shame. <laughs> He's that good. I don't know. I don't even remember the last time I was this disappointed after a defeat because I was like destroyed. Um, well, it wasn't It wasn't 9-0 or 5-0 against uh, Portugal like we had recently. No, no, no. But, you know, the hopes were so high. The oh. expectations were so high for this game. The the atmosphere at the stadium was fabulous. Uh, even at the national team anthem, I had goosebumps and I was I was really high for the game. And the support was there 90 minutes long. So uh, the support was great. The atmosphere was great. Uh, little shout out to the fans, to the M block. But uh, the dream isn't over yet. Not because we've got to the M. The M block is the is the Luxembourg's version of ultras. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna come back onto that. It's like ultras club, if you want. Okay. Uh, M block is because of the of the M. you know the stadium is like uh, Tribune A, B, oh, C, D, so and they're they, always in the M. You so know? they're always in yeah, yeah in the well, M block. Yeah, yeah, yeah simple exactly. enough. Um, but the dream isn't over yet. Not because we've got too much left to play, uh, two games left to play. Because Slovakia only need one point to secure their qualification. Uh, I don't think they're gonna bother this. But uh, looks uh, because of Turkey. Uh, we've qualified for the Euro. There's a spot free in the Nations League playoffs, and because Luxembourg finished. Uh, as a second best, as a best second, if you want, yeah. in the in their division, they're gonna face Georgia in the semi-final. Looks like an easy draw. If you, we uh, would have said this a few years ago, but there's some class players now, like goalkeeper Mamadashvili, who plays for Valencia, Ajax player Mik- Miko Datze, and the last year's revelation in the Serie A and play of the season in Italy, Kvisha Kvaraskelia. So I, I hope I, I hope I spell you, you, it right. You, you, you pronounce it right. Home. I, I, I think you'd be certainly better than uh, Anton and myself. Would you oh, fair yeah, to, fair no, to say? Be butchered a few names. Yeah. <laughs> then let's move on to the local football, starting with the women's league, and you can resume the seventh match day in the women's league with close results and domination. Mama and Hesbronch win with the tightest of margins against Petambur and Jung Linster. 1-0. Minla and Zabuni were both the match winners. Young girls Dikiesch and Rassing win by a high margin. Dikiesch crosses Rosper 5-0 and Rassing wins 8-2 against Differdorsch. Lorenko scored 4 times for Dikiesch and Caroline Kov 5 times for Rassing and she has now already 20 goals in 6 games. 
And for the third season in a row, we can talk about if she's gonna break, if someone's gonna break Katie's 59 goals Gosh, record, which wild. I kind of doubt because the quality has been has gone has up it, since. Gone increased, and there are less teams now. Yeah. You know, so I kind of doubt that this record will be beaten soon. Let's go. Let's move over to the second half, Luxembourg. And here are my top three games of the weekend. Hostad loses against Medanach, surprisingly, with 4 2 after three wins in a row. They give the table lead to Attenbrook who defeated Mama 1-0 and Began who were uh, leaders for a long time only played 1-1 against Grevenmacher and are now winless for three games in a row now let's move Uda to the big parts the main menu the Bejel. big boys let's see because those games were at 4 o'clock this afternoon is that right yeah we, we, I read the discussion about uh, that the games should have should be played at 1pm uh, 1 which is kind of oh is that to save the electricity the lights I, and the electricity I, I don't know I haven't, the, I haven't read the, the article reason? the article in a uh, in detail, but I, I think I guess it's about this, you know. That was discussed last season already because they played I think at 3 p.m. instead of 4 p.m. and then they saw that this was useless, so they started again at 4 p.m. But people complained like at 1 p.m. you know people still have lunch or the players. Well, we want the results, and so they're in time for our show, so we can get it hot off the press, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a good reason. <laughs> true, true. You've got it right. But let's move over to the results. With Stefanos will remain leaders after their five 0 win against Schiflosch. They showed an absolute domination against the team who started really well into the season and now going more and more down and are now on the place in the relegation. Together with Rossing, who couldn't beat Nidakon against, uh, who couldn't beat Nidakon as the game added three three. Fola couldn't win against Vils either and remained last in the BGL League. Similar to the Racing Nidakon game, six goals have been scored in the duel between Monterich and Rospo, but ended with no winner as the score was 3-3. In the end, Hesbronch beats Mondorf 2-0, Strassen against Mondorf Strassen draws against Jeunesse 1-1, and finally, Dudelange against Merch was the game with a lot of highlights. First, Philipp Boic scored the opener seconds before half-time. In the 75th minute, Mersch got awarded a penalty. Decker got sent off and Benny Bresch had the opportunity for an equalizer from the spot, which he Go missed. On. Oh, Benny! <laughs> Benny. Six, six minutes later, it was Mersch who played with, ten, with only 10 men left because Junior Varela got shown a straight red and no more goals in his game did launch one in the end 1-0 with a little bit of luck. Let's move over to the not classement but table. Little yeah, run, little running gag. What, what do you call it? You call it classement? Table. <laughs> table. What? Why? It's a table. It is a table. It is a table. <laughs> you can't call it classement. The ranking. <laughs> the ranking. The table was the best. Uh, yeah, the table. The tabelle. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the first place. We've got Differdange with 22 points. Behind them, Hesbranche with 20. Followed by Progress Nidakon with 19 points. On the fourth, we've got Dudelange with 17, overtaking Rosbaugh with also 17 points. Vils on the sixth with 15, followed by Monerich with 14 points on the seventh place. Eighth, we've got Schwarzen with 13 points, then Petange with 12. On the tenth, Jonas Ash with 12 points as well, as same as Mondorf with also 12 points. On the twelfth place, we've got Mersch with also 12 points. Uh, Schifflange on the thirteenth with the same amount of points, 12. Then we've gone on 14th, Racing with 11, Kerjing on the 15th with 5, and Fola with only one win out of 10 games with only 3 points. Are they in, are they in trouble? It looks a little bit like it. Do you think um, that Diddling can get up there and 
start yeah. chasing hits, but still, I mean, we're 10 games in, aren't we? So, you know, man, <laughs> you, should, you should you should stop asking me about predictions. No, they always go wrong, yeah. but it's it's a way to entertain people. So, I've got to say, Dulange will be back in the top three. You think Dulange will get better? I, th- I think they will too. Um, well, they're two points behind Nita Corn yeah. at the moment. Uh, what Diffid uh, and Diffidanche maybe slide down a little bit for Hess, yeah. but it go up in the next couple of weeks again. They've only got a two point lead um, at the top of the table. But I've got a question for you. Actually, it's not about the Bijelic, but it's it's about the following uh, games from our women's national team, and they're going to play against Turkey. So we expect them maybe to play in the Stade de Luxembourg, but uh, they won't. They will play in Esh. And it's kind of, for me, it's kind of surprising. Okay, you play against teams like Georgia. Okay, you can play in a bit more smaller stadium. But against teams like Turkey, why not playing in a national stadium? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if you think about it, people will say, yeah, there are not enough people to visit. Look at Hesperos when, when they played the qualifiers. I went to the stadium. It was half it was, empty. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't yeah, break you the argument. You can't bring the argument that there aren't enough people because 1,000 people will be Well, I think the sure. argument is where, where, where are they advertising these games? Where are they? They're, not, they're hardly on, you know, yeah. I was talking about today, driving down uh, Boulevard JFK to go to mm. um, the tennis there in, the, in, in Decock. And... You know, there's no there's no little flags. You know, don't have to be massive flags, but no little mm-hmm. flags. Just saying, what are the what are the events on? We want we we want people to get in behind our, our nation to su- support. I've got no. Where do you see the advertising for these for these matches? And it's not you can't put it all on the FLF. Where is the where where is the the yeah. councils? Let's say, or or, or yeah. Or the or the government supporting supporting these events supporting our nation. I mean, sport yeah, puts, puts us politically it, it, on the on the map. Interesting, you mentioned that as well because there was talks as well recently about the uh, the, the rugby uh, the men's national team not playing in the Stade de Luxembourg as well. The, they, there they was talks that we might have to play somewhere else, but it looks like we're going to play there for now. That's what yeah. we know for now. But there's also rumours that we might not because I assume we we don't get the numbers. To, to like um, fill the stadium because it's what I think it's what 9,000 yeah I think yeah, yeah, you no. don't get 9,000 I, I tell you what if you get 9,000 to watch rugby and they're at, at, tw- at 25 bucks a ticket <laughs> yeah well there you uh, go the, the FLF are, are, are doing yeah go buy your well. tickets <laughs> now uh, coming back over to you Anthony we have um, Luxembourg playing Bosnia in a f- November November, in, yeah, in, 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 in November, November the 16th you were talking about the M block but if the Bosnians bring their ultras in wow well that, that would be crazy like Turkey like if I think one year ago or something I believe it's all set up starting at Lux Expo walking down JFK through town through to Stam I believe it's I believe it's all set up mm-hmm. they're going through obviously with Frequently, they go through political indifference in 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 that country. Yeah. They've been banned already, or they already had a game where their fans are gone nuts. Mm. What are the chances the game doesn't end? These boys, these boys are serious, right? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't I can't can't, tell, can't imagine. I, can't I've got, I got an inside running that the ultras will be coming to Luxembourg to be uh, yeah making a make uh, making a, a mark a, a protest not about not against Luxembourg yeah. by any standards that's not the, that's not the tension but it's a mm-hmm. in, in, internally within so uh, watch this space it's not until November uh, I didn't know Luxembourg had ultras as well. <laughs> the M block, the M block, come on! That's the thing. I need to go. I need to go to some of the games, obviously. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't know Luxembourg ultras. I yeah. thought we were a nice, calm country. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's the M block. I'm not, the M block. pretty good. I think they they exist for like 
for a long yeah, time. Yeah, they've been yeah. for a long, long time. time Fair enough. Fair play. All right, guys, that is the wrap for today. Thank you, Anthony. We always enjoy your presence. As I said, you're just one of my favourite times of the day. When Anthony walks through the door, he, <laughs> he's normally about 22, quarter to, quarter to, uh, quarter to the hour, always a, bit, a big part of the day, and it caps off our show uh, very, very well. Um, Anton, thanks for uh, supporting me in the chair tonight. Um, we always thank the volunteers. Now, we, um, Scott and I were at the tennis this weekend doing, doing the comms, and there was an army of volunteers down there supporting you know it was it was to help with the kids the, the ball um, to help with all the kids the ball boys ball girls backstage they were doing a phenomenal job um, and then there's just all and around the, 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 the venue there are volunteers helping out trying to uh, promote sport and yeah, make uh, make our community even better. And if you're out there and you would like to get involved, uh, please drop uh, Scott and myself a line because we've got a lot of people. A lot of people we know, a lot of different sports that are looking for help. So please uh, get in touch. Now you can check out the regulars of the show. We're going to know we've got Sam at six in the morning. He's uh, going to upload this for ten for, for the ten o'clock show. Uh, steps at twelve um, at, at lunchtime, I believe. Oh, is he on? No, he is at he is at twelve. Melissa is at three. Um, I always say it, the big win is when the athletes give back. So if you're an athlete, always give back to your sport. That's got to get some. Until next week, it's cheers. Cheers.